Coming up on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, Brett Peterson joins us from jbar.com, the company reinventing the way we remove and store our Jeep's hardtops. This week in Jeep, we're going to find out how Jeep is doing fiscally over the last quarter. We'll also find out what Jeep just lost the rights to. It's kind of a big deal. Wrangler Talk is all new. We welcome our new segment producer, Bill, as he talks about differential gears. Tammy is starting off a new segment for us, Jeep Life, where she updates us on the upcoming Transamerica Trail Adventure. Mitch also joins us on the show to debut a new segment, Jeep Weather. Nikki G is now sharing jokes, and Nate should be ashamed of himself. And we've got a whole bunch more show coming up as usual, so stick around. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Whether you're upgrading your Jeep suspension, swapping axles, changing trannies, or modifying your transfer case, one component of your Jeep almost always demands attention, the drive shaft. It's the critical link in your driveline and a sensitive one at that. A little off here, a little off there, and you, if you're not careful, you could find yourself in big trouble somewhere you can at least afford it. That's why you should put your trust in the biggest name in drive shafts, Tom Woods. Just go to 4x4shaft.com to find out more. That's 4xshaft.com. This episode of the Jeep Talk Show is also brought to you by Extreme Terrain, off-road outfitters for all your Wrangler parts and accessories. Stay tuned to learn more about their definitive guide to Jeep Wrangler lift kits a little bit later in the show. Hey, you know, it doesn't matter if you have a Jeep, want a Jeep, or never driven anything but Jeeps, this show is for you. Josh, Timmy, and myself are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about... Jeeps. Who, who's going to say Jeeps whenever Tammy's uh, on the uh, on the the road? Well, we're going to clearly have to hire a lackey. I don't. I don't know. There's, there's <laughs> I, always I got record, a I can record a bunch of different versions. Oh, oh there, there we go. There we go. That's Jeeps. all like that. Jeeps. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm Tony, and my oldest daughter finally listened to an episode of the show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and now she's even more embarrassed to be my daughter than she was before. Oh, that's Josh, specifically, it was the one about well, I was talking about. I'm I'm all soaking wet or something. And you said, uh, "Oh, <laughs> not that one." Yeah, that's, that's the one she picked. And then it was like, you know, I hope you're talking about you know the weather in Texas and not your pants. And I said, "I'm yeah. not." <laughs> oh, and I can oh. hear the eye rolls from here. And she says, and Tammy says, "Ooh, uh huh, poor thing." <laughs> Hey, I'm Josh, and I hate being sick almost as much as I hate cooked spinach. Oh. Hi, I'm Tammy, trail guide extraordinaire. Oh, my Ooh, God. That's a good title. She buys a map, and now she's extraordinary. <laughs> Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And This Week in Jeep is, of course, brought to you by Amazon.com. Amazon now sells virtually everything. So if you've suddenly come down with a cold and think you're going to die, well, think of the Jeep talk show. Natural progression there. And Amazon.com, of course. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and press the big Amazon button there that you see there, and you'll be taken to Amazon's website where you can literally just open the medicine cabinet and get those cough drops, Theraflu, maybe even a thermometer or just some vitamin C. Whether it's cold medicine or Jeep parts, anything you purchase will give the show a few cents of support while costing you absolutely nothing more. If you want to help, the support, if you want to help support the show, shopping on Amazon is one of the best ways to do it. 
That's jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and look for the big Amazon button. Hey, thanks in advance. Hey, real quick. Did you guys see the thing on the uh, the news about the guy that uh, got his uh, got a, a thermometer stuck in his bladder? Bladder? Yeah. They, How the heck do you get it up there? Well, if you think about it, you'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, let's just, just go read the news. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm serious. You follow that. I'm serious. I know. <laughs> just, just. What if it had broken? Finish. That's the thing. Well, <laughs> third quarter Jeep sales figures are in. Now, to most, these sort of reports are pretty dry and useless, but some find this information uh, informational and interesting. So we'll occasionally report on how our favorite automaker is doing, fiscally speaking. FCA US LLC announced three sales records for the third quarter as new generation of shoppers snapped up muscle cars in a strategy of premium technology and interior upgrades which attracted heavy-duty heavy new truck buyers. Wrangler notched a record quarter as well on the back of a new limited-edition model. Uh, muscle cars and full-size trucks aside, both of which produced record sales figures for the third quarter of 2019, but we're more interested in how Jeep is doing, though, aren't we? It's not exactly breaking news that the Wrangler has been a strong seller since its redesign last year, but the nameplate received a boost this quarter from the start of a special-edition campaign. New limited edition models included, for example, the 2020 Wrangler Black and Tan and the Wrangler Willys. Jeep intends to offer more Wrangler special editions in 2020 as well. So if this trend continues, we should see strong sales figures for the second and third quarters of 2020 as well. For the quarter in question, however, overall sales were just over 5.5 million, well, 565,000 vehicles for the uh, three-month period covering July, August, and September. Retail sales accounted for uh, 438,649 vehicles, while fleet accounted for 22% of total sales. Over the last few years, fleet sales have actually accounted for nearly 25% of all sales to date. Impressive numbers when compared to those, say, from, say, just five years ago. Lower interest rates, a more stable economy, and lower enthusiasm and consumer enthusiasm, rather, bolster FCA's belief that new vehicle sales in the U.S. Uh, are heading for a strong finish. Speaking of strong, this guy has a strong name, just like Mike Manley, CEO of FCA. The head of U.S. sales for Jeep, Reed Bigland. Love that name. For U.S. vehicles like the new Gladiator, our Ram pickups and Dodge muscle cars are pulling customers into showrooms. Our customers are also choosing to purchase higher trim levels or extra features, which are increasing our transaction prices. So, the bottom line, not only is Jeep selling more vehicles, they're selling more of the higher trim level models as well. So, if you have FCA in your investment portfolio, you might be looking pretty good as we move into the next quarter. Wow. You know, uh, when you misspoke and said $5 million as far as the sales go, Mike Manley got really excited just for a brief <laughs> right? second. He's immediately <laughs> checking the ticker. Wait, are we doing that well? Really? Because no. he doesn't know what's going on in his company, but he, he finds out about listening to us. That's how that works. <laughs> I, I, I like to think so. Well, if you own a Jeep Wrangler Moab Edition, it might have just went up in value. Here's why. Speaking of Jeep Special Editions, just this week, a federal circuit court made a ruling that says Jeep cannot get the Moab name trademarked. This is a big deal for Jeep and the off-road world. It really is. The U.S. Patent and Trademark Office upheld a trademark trial and appeal board decision where a trademark examiner correctly rejected an application from Fiat's FCA US LLC unit to register a Moab trademark. The reason behind the ruling is because consumers might confuse it with an established Jeep customization company called Moab Industries. Now, this is more or less the final nail in the coffin, as it were, for Jeep to legally use Moab for any of its trim levels in the foreseeable future, at least without paying some hefty fines, I would imagine. 
This also puts an end to the rumors that Jeep was about to announce the release of a Moab-branded factory-authorized suspension package designed for a more rock-crawler build than just a general off-roading upgrade that we see with some of the current setups available. Now, what this means for anyone with a Moab trim Wrangler is that this is now a limited-release trim package that we may never see again. And with Moab, Utah still being one of the world's most sought-after off-road destinations, well, there certainly won't be a lack of attention or want for this trim level. The Moab trim package is, is based on the four-door Jeep Wrangler Sahara, and the Wrangler Moab edition is offered with a smorgasbord of features, some of which it shares with the more rugged and more upscaled Wrangler Rubicon trim. Basically, this sits right between the Rubicon and the Sahara packages, giving Jeep buyers another option. And if you've got one, well, you might want to hold on to it and make sure to keep the miles low for the foreseeable future, as this new court ruling just made your Jeep a rare one, which could increase its value in the coming years. Time and further developments to this may change things, but we'll, of course, keep you up to speed. Personally, I think they should uh, dump the Moab name and go with Smorgasbord, because that would yeah. really look good. <laughs> Just, oh, yeah. Right across the hood. <laughs> On there, the side right. of the Jeep, yes. I love that, I love that word, Smorgasbord. <laughs> well, if you've got a news tip or response to any one of our stories, be sure to let us know by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how to reach out. Coming up later in the show, an interview with Brett Peterson with j-bar.com, a company who makes a very interesting Jeep hardtop removal and storage system. Hey, coming up to Tech Talk, we're going to address a listener question and get to the bottom of a 3.6 liter Pentastar engine operating temperature debate. You're listening to a 4x4 radio network podcast. You guys are recording. I might be drinking. Watch this on <laughs> Thursday night football is what I do. On the day off, I'm going to watch football. Also, drink beer and enjoy off-roading. Not as much as I like. Long story short, guys, the show is amazing. And girls, Tammy, you got a big part of that. Because you're a Wrangler. Those you guys are XJs, and I love it. Keep those boys in check, and we're always going to support and love the black. October 7th, Monday. Jeep Night for a little help. I love you guys. The show supports, helps, and keeps me moving forward. I'd like to thank you, Josh, Tammy, Tony. How did I just almost forget a name? For what you're doing and what you've got going on. Giddy up. Have a good night. Love you guys. Bye. What a great oh, voicemail and so I accurate. Know. I love it. <laughs> giddy up. Heck yeah. Y- 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 giddy, giddy up. up. Yes, absolutely. Yeehaw! Hey, you ever had an urge to wrap yourself in Jeep Talk Show merch? Well, now you can. Head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash store, and you'll find uh, T-shirts, iPhones, uh, Bane masks, Android cases, all sorts of stuff, and it's all sporting the official Jeep Talk Show logo. If uh, you get some JTS goodies, be sure and share a picture of it, especially that Bane mask, on social media. We'd love to see you sporting our goods. Timely reference. <laughs> Timely reference. Go back from like episode 102 or something. Go back and listen to the back catalog, (laughs) folks. It's hilarious. And don't forget the uh, bacon salt. Oh, wait a minute. We can't use that anymore, Josh. Tammy's going away and she's doing something different. Uh, What is it? She's leaving us. She's never coming back. (laughs) Well, you. Well, it depends on the UFO activity across the U.S. So, <laughs> yeah, really. so Tammy, you're doing a, a new segment for us now, aren't you? I, I hopefully I am. Hopefully <laughs> this I. This is the first time hearing about this. <laughs> I know what. 
Where's my open? Um, it's, it's gone. Uh, we'll yeah. we'll put it on a CD and mail it to you. <laughs> and you know, I'm so sad because I loved hearing all those voices with Cody and Nikki Oh, G. you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to turn that into a ringtone and put it on your phone. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, maybe we can yeah, sell Yeah, no, uh, a new segment. <laughs> um, I wasn't I wasn't meeting the the Wrangler talk. The quota, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the standards. So, I've been demoted. No. Um I'm going to be talking about Jeep life, um, everything Jeep, all things Jeep, just the life of a Jeep. So tonight is the the first episode of Jeep life, and it's I'm at eight days and counting, Tony and Josh, eight days and counting. I can't believe tick talk, it's tick tock, tick tock. I'd see a, I'd see a doctor about that. That's that's a long yeah. time. I'm I'm so excited, um, and I wanted to give you guys an update on the status of. Um, my trip, by the way, I am going on an off-road adventure, the Adams Extreme off-road adventure with a Jeep guy, the Jeep guy named Neil. Um, we met randomly back in June on Facebook and just started talking. And then he's very old school and he's like, call me. And I'm like, huh? Do People don't, you, you don't want to text? You don't want to message on Facebook Messenger? And he's like, no, call me. So we just started chatting on the phone and this big trip erupted and we are going on the Trans-America Trail across America um, and we're going to meet in Virginia at the Overland Expo East. So we both have been preparing our Jeeps um, and this summer he bought a 1980 Grand Wagoneer, which he's building. I'm kind of, kind of modifying my Jeep a little <laughs> bit, kind of. Just a wee um, bit. Yeah, I just took out the back seats. So um, we're both going to be living in our Jeeps as we uh, traverse across America. And so my Jeep is pretty much ready to go. And last episode, I shared how I had just got my Jeep back from the shop. I had to get the the pinion bearings, all that stuff inside, um, the front axle, um, the front differential, all that stuff changed out because there was some some play in there. So it was still under warranty, so they changed all that out. Um, so I have all new parts there. And they also noted that my um, my wheel bearings or my ball joints were um, just a little bit below what Chrysler has as a normal spec. So they added, I had some new Synergy ball joints installed and... Gosh, I know I shared last week how scary that steering was. I also had to drive up to Roush Creek Friday. And that is crazy when you're on the interstate with the truckers going by you. It's a sticky steering and it lacks this self-centering. And the manufacturer's instructions noted that it would take around 500 miles for the ball joints to seat. And the guys at Adam told me they knew I was heading up to Roush Creek. And they said, on your way back from Roush, it's all going to be fine which is about 300 miles that I had driven. Um, and you know what? They were spot on. As soon as I got, I off-roaded all day Saturday. I got back on the interstate to head home, and the steering was normal. Everything's fine. So also at the Roush Creek during the Women's Wheeling event that I was at, I was able to try out my new necks and tires. Um, they were absolutely amazing. Um, I only aired down to 20 PSI, um, and they did fabulous. We wheeled 10 blue trails, which is a lot. 
and they consisted of rocks and muds and some wet terrain. The reason I aired down to 20 PSI is from what I was hearing from Tony and Cody from Trail Chasers, who have, they both have ridden um, these tires. And I kept hearing everyone saying that you don't have to air down as far as you normally would because these tires perform the same at a higher PSI than other tires would at a lower PSI. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to test these out at different PSI to see how, how they work. So I was aired down to 20 PSI, which I normally would probably air down to about 12 or 13. And it, they just crawled right over the rocks. I had no issues in the mud, no issues on. There's like puddles before the rocks always seems to happen. And so you drive through the little wet puddle and your tires are wet going up over the rocks and did fine. They're great. So I'm excited to test them out on this trip across the country. I'm going to lower the PSI and see how they do um, at different PSIs. And I will be giving you updates. But so far, I I like the tires. They, they work really good. Now, an update on Maggie May, which is Neil's 1980 Grand Wagoneer. So last week I shared with you there was a timing chain fiasco. So back in 1980-81, there was a change in the timing change. And when he went to Napa to go get a new one, the computer didn't show that there was a change. So with this new, what we thought was the correct timing chain, um, when he installed that, there was an offset in the lower sprocket. It was just one hundred thousandth of an inch off. Now, this caused metal shavings to go throughout the motor. And Neil and his friend Larry, who, by the way, is he's an amazing friend. They just met this summer. He has been by Neil's side the whole time. Larry's another Jeeper, and that just shows you what a great Jeep community this is. Anyway, they dropped the oil pan and cleaned up all the metal, but, you know, it was just too late. The metal um, damaged the bearings, bent the push rods, the main bearings. It was just all chewed up in there. And what happened was this all caused an oil starvation to the top of his engine. So now Neil is in a crunch because his AMC 360 motor is pretty much dead. So he's doing a three-day motor job. Yesterday, he spent the day on the road in Colorado driving probably 400 miles to get two motors from a guy. And he drove back. And today, Larry and him were tearing all those engines down, cleaning up all the parts and sorting them all out. And they're able to mix and match from all three engines. However, out of all three, not one had a good cam or cam bearings. <laughs> Luckily, there's a machinist in the area in Alamosa, Colorado, who has some good bearings. They're going to pick them up in the morning. Um, but Neil's going to have to make do with the best cam out of the three of them because of shipping time constraints. He would not be able to get it in time. So we will deal with what we have. Neil is pretty confident. Neil and Larry, it will all work. The bottom part of the motor is, is fine. And they were testing all the tolerances and they are on the good end of good. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed. It's been a very, very stressful week for both of us, you know, worrying about Maggie Mae and because Neil has to leave Monday or Tuesday to meet oh, go from Colorado to Virginia to meet me next Saturday. So no time for break in and no time for troubleshooting. Oh, man. 
Yeah. You remember so, that, remember that story uh, that we? Oh, no, that's that exactly did? what I'm thinking of, Tony. <laughs> exactly what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Motor swap, then drive to Mexico. <laughs> Go ahead, Tammy. No, no, I was going to ask you what what story. It was Patrick uh, back uh, back in XJ Talk days. Uh, did an interview with uh, Patrick, local guy, and uh, he and his girlfriend were taking a trip to Mexico and in an XJ, and they literally swapped out a uh, a four liter engine from a, a donor uh, Cherokee into his Cherokee, and then uh, buttoned it up. The at, night before they left. Well, I was going to say, buttoned it up at 4 a.m. and then hopped in and took off to Mexico. Wow, that's... <laughs> yeah. 1,500 miles, I think, round trip. Wow. <laughs> Didn't even know that's, the engine worked. <laughs> that's why I love the four-liter inline-six. The thing is just a beast. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, our my fingers are crossed. Um, I have... All the confidence in Neil, and um, oh, just, just stay tuned to my Facebook page for latest updates. And of course, next Thursday I'll be on the show, and I'll head out that Saturday morning. I'll tell you right now, Neil's not going. I told you last week he's not going along with uh-huh. you, Tammy. You're going by yourself. <laughs> he said, if anything, he'll ride with me. Yeah, that's so. what I figured. Yeah, <laughs> he'll he'll take the Greyhound bus to Virginia. It's it's a possibility he'll get it working, but. Uh, that's uh that's a tough road uh road to hoe there that's that's a lot of work coming up later in the show we're going to hear from nikki g hey those sticker orders keep coming in i say orders it's really more uh you send us a, a request for an address uh where to send your sase and people have asked what is that that's a self-addressed stamped uh, stamped envelope it means all i have to do is take the little stickers and stick them in the envelope and then remember them to t- remember to take them and put them in the uh, the mailbox so it's uh, we're trying to make it easy for tony is what we're trying to do here so if you'd like a couple of uh, jeep talk show stickers just uh, send us a self-addressed stamped envelope and go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contacts to find out what address to send it to you got tech questions ah what do i ever we have answers oh that's good it's tech talk with jeep talk well, this week, I figured I'd go ahead and uh, and move this one up from the back burner because uh, we had a, a listener write in to the show here last week, maybe the week before. I, I don't know. Everything is still kind of a bit of a buzz because I'm <laughs> still pretty sick, to be honest. Um, but uh, a listener wrote in and asked a, a question that is something that I've been meaning to address for quite some time, but it, it just keeps kind of getting put to the back burner. So um, anyways, he wrote in, can you direct me to any episodes where you discuss Jeep JK engine temperatures? And fan operation. I'm a new JK owner. Got a 2017 Rubicon. I've heard stories of the cooling fan on the new JL is really loud. Well, at what temp? My JK has never been above 228 degrees. And my fan is always quiet. Will it get loud? And at what temp? I'm not used to an engine running this hot. Signed, Mike P. Well, Mike, first off, thanks for writing in. And I went ahead and moved this up to the top of the list. I wanted to address this for the rest of the folks. I know I wrote you um directly uh, through email and answered this but i figured i'd go ahead and and disseminate this information to the rest of the masses because this is some pretty valuable information out there a lot of people are driving these rigs and this is a topic of discussion that is uh, well got a lot of presence online and a lot of people going back and forth well here's the gist of it many of the newer engine manufacturers have designed today's more modern motors to run a little hotter than the engines of yesteryear this is primarily to help burn off emissions and other things that can come out of gasoline engines that the EPA and EcoNuts have deemed will kill us all. Yeah, operating temps about 10 degrees above what we consider normal are now the new normal. And that being said, normal operating temps in the 220s under normal driving conditions, nominal engine load, no heavy cargo or towing, 
Not too many giant hill climbs, no wide open throttle accelerations, etc., etc., etc. You get the idea. It's all pretty normal for a 2017 JK JKU with a 3.6 liter Pentastar engine. However, that's not to say there isn't room for some improvement, but I'm using that term rather loosely here. A cold or cooler running engine may not perform as well as a warmed up engine or one running at a normal operating temperature. Acceleration, throttle response, even economy will all be affected if the engine is running below its intended operating range. There are many Wranglers of that generation, more common in the 2014 to 2015 model years, that had some issues with the cooling system collecting sediment. The sediment would build up in some of the passages in the radiator and other places along the cooling system and cause issues like leaks, pressure buildups, and think hot spots here when I say pressure buildups, as the higher the pressure of the coolant, the higher its temperature is going to be. And even in cooling system uh, performance issues and outright failures. Uh, going back to the pressure issue, radiator caps are designed to allow the pressure in the cooling system to, to build up so that it can pull away more heat. An underpressurized cooling system will not perform as well as one that is under the correct pressure. So many shops will test your cap for free or do it while you're getting your oil changed if that's something that you have done and not do yourself. You can rent the tool that will test your radiator cap from some parts stores, but not all. So call around because this is something you, if you, you think you can do yourself. If your Wrangler has seen many freeway miles or a lot of trail miles or both, there is a chance that the radiator might have some debris buildup. Bugs, dirt, mud, and, and road tar can all build up across the thin fins that are the heat sink, essentially, of the radiator. If these fins and the passages between them get clogged up with bugs, tar, or mud, the cooling system as a whole then cannot move enough air across the radiator for it to do its job properly. Also, in the same spirit of decreased airflow, there can be an issue with aftermarket coolers getting in the way. For instance, let's say an aftermarket oil cooler, an aftermarket transmission cooler, and an aftermarket power steering fluid cooler are all placed in front of the radiator. Well, this is going to decrease airflow across the, across the radiator pretty good and even supply a source of preheated air to move from one cooler across the other across the radiator, basically simulating a giant hair dryer in front of your Jeep robbing the cooling system of cool air for the radiator. Another thing to think of, thermostats don't last forever. This is a device that is meant to be swapped out over time and miles. Thermostat is one of the main devices in the cooling system that controls the regulation of the vehicle's temperature. They can clog up with debris from the system, get sticky over time, and not operate as well as they should, or just plain and simply fail. And for 20 to 40 bucks and an hour's worth of work or less, this may be something to look into. But please don't take this as advice to start throwing money and parts at a problem before identifying whether or not you even have a problem, and more importantly, what's causing said problem. So here's my advice moving forward. Do a ridiculously thorough examination of every square inch of your radiator, and the rest of the cooling system too for that matter. You may even want to remove the top of the core support there, that's the metal part, body part there that's going across the top of the radiator, to look for signs of small leaks. Closely scrutinize the areas of the radiator where the body of the radiator meets the tanks, or the sides of itself. These seams are the most common spots for leaks to form, but by, are by no means the only places it can develop a leak. Have the system flushed, or do it yourself, and pay close attention to whether or not there is any evidence of sediment in the system. If, this, if you're having this done by a shop, be sure to convey this concern to the techs that are actually going to be doing the work, and not just the person behind the desk writing the work order. If there is evidence of sediment in the cooling system, well, you will likely want to start looking at replacing the radiator very soon. If you do decide to do a flush yourself, be sure to refill the system with the right coolant. Goodness, I've seen it too many times where somebody wasn't paying attention and just went for the big bottle of the pre-mixed green stuff. The 3.6-liter Pentastar engines require the orange-colored OAT, or Organic Acid Technology Formula, coolant. 
This is the stuff that meets all the requirements to ensure that you aren't creating jello in your engine or eating away all the different plastic and metal components that make up the cooling system itself. Now, during your overly cautious and super intense examination of your cooling system, pay attention to fittings, the area around the water pump, and even the hoses going to and from the thermostat and heater core. Also, keep a nostril or two open for the smell of coolant. If you don't know what this smells like, pop the radiator cap and have a sniff. But for the love of God, do this with the engine off and cool. Otherwise, you're going to end up looking like Two-Face from Batman. If you notice that smell in the cab of the Jeep or coming through the vents at all, well, this could be a sign of a leak somewhere else in the system and possibly even be the heater core leaking. The heater core is a small radiator-like device embedded in the blower housing that either turns hot or cold and supplies you with either hot or cool air as the blower motor moves air across it and into the cab. Have the radiator cap tested, ensuring that it is allowing the system to come up to the proper pressure. If all this other stuff all looks good and this is just something that you cannot live with, well, then you do have a couple of options out there. The easiest one is, of course, going to be using a tuner or a programmer. These aftermarket devices allow the driver to cer change certain factory settings in the Jeep's operating system. For instance, the JKJKU Wrangler has a three-speed fan for the cooling system. A low-speed fan is set to come on somewhere around like 215 to 225 degrees or something like that, and will ramp up from there. The mid- and high-speed fans come on like when the AC is turned on or when the operating temps reach above 229 degrees or thereabouts. To be honest, I can't remember off the top of my head the exact coolant temperature threshold parameters for the JKs and the JKUs, but I know I'm close. So that loudness that people are talking about in the fan is just the difference between the more common low-speed fan setting and the occasional high-speed setting coming on. If you only occasionally hear the high-speed fan coming on, um, uh, only hear the, occasionally hear the high-speed side of things kicking on, well, then it may seem abnormal to the untrained ear and will obviously be louder as the fan is spinning at a higher RPM and moving more air. So a tuner or a programmer from companies like Diablo may be an option for you. Some chip programmer tuner companies don't really offer fan threshold setting uh, adjustments in their software, so you may need to do some research there to get what fits your, your specific needs. These programmers can open up a whole new world of performance out of your Jeep, so don't be dissuaded by some of the price tags that you're going to see. Like, for instance, with the Diablo Sport tuners, you can bring that fan setting down to come on earlier in the temperature range. For instance, you can uh, adjust the threshold for a low-speed fan to come on at, say, 205 degrees. So instead of the factory setting, which is much, much higher, you may be able to get yourself a little bit more cooling performance. This may help keep things cooler, but again, that may or may not be what you need. Also take this into consideration. If you do have a cooling system issue and it is not addressed properly, well, changing a setting is only going to mask the problem and delay it from showing up until things get much, much worse. I don't think I have to explain why this can be bad. Okay, I'm sure I may be leaving something out. I'm still more or less recovering from being so sick, but this should get you going in the right direction of things and hopefully answers your questions enough. Yeah, I think you I think you made a very good point there about you can change the fan settings, make them come on sooner, uh, make it go to mid and high level sooner. Uh, but it, it, if that's not the way it normally works, then it's trying to compensate for either hotter temperatures, hotter air temperatures, uh, harder driving. You know, you're putting more... Uh, torque, more uh, maybe you're towing a trailer, something along those lines. You're you're forcing the engine to do more work and generate more heat, or you have a problem. So it's it's very very important that you actually check and make sure you have a, a good operating cooling system uh, to start with. And I actually went and uh, purchased. Uh, it, it's all plastic. Uh, I think it was less than fifty bucks. A pressurizing a, a pressure system, so I can check the uh, my uh, whole cooling system uh, pressure. 
and I can t- check the cap pressures, the the radiator oh, cap pressures. Oh, very good. And, nice. Uh, you know, because I've gone through a long t- long time of uh, overheating issues on the highway, yeah. so I, I bought that tool. And uh, one day I pulled into the the garage and I could hear a and I was like, "What is that?" And it, it wasn't very loud, and it was kind of going down as uh, as the the Jeep was uh, had stopped and started uh, cooling off. But I pulled out that pressurized uh, pressurizing system and uh, pumped it up to 16 psi, which is uh, what my uh, cooling system uh, the cap is rated at. Mm-hmm. And and I heard that that hissing noise, and it was one Uh-oh. of the uh, the um, uh, heater core uh, uh, tubes. the The clamp wasn't uh, tight enough. So I oh. tightened it up, and now I didn't. Now I was going to have a properly pressurized system, and it was going to go. cool like it was supposed to. So it doesn't always have to be bad. It could be something simple, and especially if you've done modifications on your Jeep, and, oh, now, yeah. and now it sh- uh, shakes like a beast as it's <laughs> battling its way down the road, uh, hitting those headwinds. So yeah. Uh, also, too, one other thing uh, is if you go to change the uh, water pump while you're there. <laughs> <laughs> we know this all too well. Oh yeah, while you're in there, change out the thermostat and the hoses. Uh, I, I may not have to go as far as the heater hoses, but it doesn't hurt because uh, those hoses will split and uh, dump a lot of coolant uh, really quickly. So uh, while you're there, uh, it's cheap and easy to change out those hoses. Do it uh, during the water pump change time. Hey, and, and I, I, uh, save save the old hoses as well because yes. those make great trail spares uh, for you or somebody else on the trail who ends up uh, busting a hose out on the trail. You got a, a very easy and quick trail fix there. Tammy? And I, w- I was just going to mention the some of the older model Wranglers, or younger, I guess, like the 13s and up, um, they are inherent for radiator leak issues. Um, so... That's a, another thing, um, and you can tell if your radiator is leaking because you'll see the the coolant um, forming on those. Oh weld yeah, spots. you had that you had that issue that, with yours, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. you had a, one uh, an issue where uh, what was it? on one of the tank seams or something. It was starting to seep, yeah. and, and you could see some of that fluid collecting there. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, and Jeff at Adrenaline Off Road, who helped change it out, he said he sees it a lot in the yeah. the thirteen and olders. Oh, the JKs. Right. Uh, oh, and who was it that brought the uh, the casting sand issue that was getting into, that was basically causing uh, the clogging? Uh, an earlier, much earlier episode. I want to say Tammy, where they were. Uh, the, the when they I were think th- that was the guys from Adrenaline Off-Road. Didn't they uh, convey that information to you, Tammy, during uh, during that whole uh, that whole project when you were swapping out that radiator? The casting sand. Yeah. So whenever they make the block, they you know they pour the, oh. the metal into sand basically to form the block, and uh, there was a, the the casting sand would that wasn't all cleaned out of the block, and it was causing uh, the the pathways and stuff to be blocked. The, the water jackets were being blocked and not cooling properly. What I remember was the coolant, because um, the older ones we use the purple coolant. Yeah, I remember the, you talking about the gel thing. Yeah. But I thought you had done the casting, the sand casting. No, that, that Maybe that was you, Josh. That nah, could have been. I, it's not ringing a bell. I think it was a guest, but uh, I don't know. It's good information regardless. Right. Well, if you have anything to add, maybe you have a question for Tech Talk that you would like addressed, just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send us a message. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? What are you talking about, man? Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? I got no idea what the heck. 
Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Get out of my face, yo. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Underwater. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? In the bubble bath. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? No clue. And where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? While flexing on stumps. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? I would assume on the radio. The Jeep Talk Show, available on iTunes and at jeeptalkshow.com. Tom Woods has been doing only four-wheel drive, drive shafts, and slip yoke eliminators for 20 years. As an American family-owned and operated company, they provide solutions trusted by the weekend wheeler, all the way to rock-crushing rigs at King of the Hammers. If you have a Jeep, Tom Woods' custom drive shafts has a solution for you. Using their gold seal universal joints, Developed in-house, you can count on the strength of your drive shaft at its most used and abused points. If you're concerned about warranties, it doesn't get any better than their gold seal warranty. If a gold seal universal joint breaks, they not only replace the joint, but also repair any consequent damage to the drive shaft. Tom Wood loves Jeeps. In fact, he has three highly modified Jeeps, so he understands your passion and so do his employees. Tom Woods custom drive shafts are always shipped complete, balanced, grease, and ready to install. They always pay attention to the finest details. With their 1310 series CV type drive shafts, they send reduced head bolts for ease of installation and a service tool for re-greasing the center pivot point on the CV. If you ever destroyed your drive shaft, you know just how important this is. Tom Woods started the company to create the very best drive shafts possible, and this model has continued through 20 years of service in the off-road community. Those same principles are being passed down to the next generation of off-road enthusiasts through his son, Sean Wood. When you research Jeep drive shafts, there is a reason Tom Woods' custom drive shafts comes up time and time again. You can trust them with one of the most critical parts of your drive chain. Visit Tom Woods' custom drive shafts today. Just go to www.4xshaft.com today. Discount code JeepTalk18-1. Do you even lift, bro? Well, whether you lift or not, chances are, if you're listening right now, you probably drive a Wrangler or know somebody who does. When it comes to jacking up your Jeep, there are several things you need to take into consideration depending on your personal usage, budget, and even desired tire size. To help make lifting your Wrangler as easy-peasy as possible, the riders at Extreme Terrain have compiled their definitive guide to Jeep Wrangler lift kits. And it is jacked! From videos to charts to some really cool animated infographics, Extreme Terrain's Wrangler lift kit guide is the most authoritative research resource for Wrangler lift kit info out there. Click the link in today's Jeep Talk Show description and see what all the fuss is about from our friends and October Jeep Talk Show sponsor at ExtremeTerrain.com. Well, we mentioned it a, a few episodes ago. Probably haven't kept up with it as much as we should, reminding you folks. But Tammy is going out on a great adventure. And uh, she's going to be leaving the uh, Wrangler Talk segment behind and joining, uh, joining us again when she gets back from her long trip with uh, her new segment called Jeep Life. Well, that's uh, made a void for the Jeep Talk Show. And we have gone out and uh, found a individual that will be uh, taking over the Wrangler Talk segment. And uh, his name is Bill. Now, Bill is from Pennsylvania. And growing up in the Northeast, has really fueled his love of outdoors. Bill has always had a passion for the automotive industry and is currently a mechanical design engineer for an aftermarket auto part manufacturer. After buying his first Wrangler, he met some other Jeep lovers, and after a few meetups with some of the new Jeep friends, he created the Jeep Enthusiasts of Eastern Pennsylvania. 
Bill owns two Jeeps, a 2015 Firecracker Red Jeep Wrangler named Big Red, and a 1998 Jeep Cherokee named Puddles. Bill, thank you very much for joining the uh, Jeep Talk Show team. And, uh, well, just uh, tell folks a little bit about what uh, what did I miss there? I mean, uh, Puddles, what, where did Puddles come from? So, funny enough, Puddles was actually named by Jeep Mama. She came out to one of our trail rides, and I was lucky enough to be her guide for the day. And she, uh, it came about that I ended up breaking my rear drive shaft in a puddle, of course. <laughs> and... Towards the end of the day, she came up with the name, oh, you should call your blue Jeep Puddles. And it kind of stuck ever since with all my friends and all the other club members. So uh, is it true that you said, uh, yes, I broke it, but one day I'll be taking your place on the show? Uh, I don't know if that came out of my mouth <laughs> that day, but luckily enough, it's kind of happening. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, you have to, uh, don't don't ever give uh, Tammy an inch. You have to uh, just, uh, make sure she stays right there in the, the black side of the Jeep family all the time. Yeah, I know. Team Red. So tell us what you're going to be bringing to the Wrangler Talk segment, Bill. So my goal to for the Wrangler Talk is to bring quality, helpful knowledge to uh, Jeep owners and Jeep lovers about different modifications and technical advice that um, can help pretty much any Jeep owner uh, make that next modification to their Jeep or, you know, just wanted to learn a little bit more about, you know, a specific topic that they're hearing about at a Jeep meet or a show and shine or something like that. And of course, we're talking about a whole gamut of, uh, uh, of things that you can do with your uh, your Jeep Wrangler uh, from the uh, the simple uh, adding of uh, tow points all the way up to uh, re-gearing your differentials and maybe even going to uh, one-time on axles. Absolutely. And speaking of re-gearing, I actually have done the re-gear re-gear process and it's it's a lot of fun and it teaches you a lot about patience so <laughs> i will definitely be covering re-gearing and even all the way down to putting on new toe points excellent well we really look forward to that and of course you have a, a great uh, intro segment for us tonight and uh, well i just wanted to say thank you for joining the team and it was a rather rigorous process mainly having to do with uh, the audio quality and uh, i just want to thank you for not hating me <laughs> it's absolutely okay, and I feel very honored to be able to join the team of the Jeep Talk Show. Thank you again, Bill, and now here's Bill's segment. Hello to all my fellow Jeepers and Jeep friends, and welcome to the new Wrangler Talk. On today's Wrangler Talk, we're going to be covering gear ratios and how to choose the correct gear ratio for your Jeep, the style of driving that you mostly do, and why it is important to do a lot of planning before you make this major modification. So first off, I want to say that Jeep has done a lot of research and development and planning in choosing the correct gear ratio for your Jeep from the factory. And this plays a huge part in the gear ratio that you want to choose when you finally make that decision to change your gears. The biggest reason as a Jeeper that we're going to want to change our gears is because we want to put bigger and beefier tires on our rigs. And we, when we put those bigger and beefier tires on our Jeep, we're going to be changing a major factor in all that planning that Jeep has done for us from the factory. So first, let's start off by talking about what a gear ratio is. And that is the numerical value of rotations that the drive shaft has to make for the tires to make one full rotation. So for example, I have 4.88 gears in my 2015 Jeep Wrangler. And that means that my drive shaft has to make 4.88 rotations 
for my tire to make one full rotation around. And this might lead to the next most common question that I get when people are talking to me about gears and gear ratios. And that is, how do I tell what gears I have in my Jeep? And the easiest way to look up what gears you have in your Jeep is by looking on your factory window sticker. And that should have your factory gear set size on it. However, if not, there's another very easy way to do this. And what you're going to do is have a friend's help, and you're going to jack up the rear end of your Jeep, making sure that your tires are free to rotate. Next, you're going to be putting your Jeep in neutral. That will allow your drive shaft to rotate freely as well. So, what you're going to do is put a mark at top dead center on your tire and also a mark on your drive shaft. And as you get underneath your Jeep, you're going to count the amount of rotations it takes to spin your tire one full rotation around. And after you get a rough estimate of how many rotations it takes for your drive shaft to make one full rotation of the tire, you can go online and look up the standard gear set sizes that your Jeep came with from the factory. And also, when you're online, it might be a good idea to look up what your factory tire size is because that is another crucial number that we're going to need to calculate your new gear set size. So, we're going to have your new desired tire size that you're going to want to put on your Jeep. You're going to have your original stock tire size that you've discovered online if you didn't already know it, what it was before. And also, your factory gear set size. And there's a very simple equation to calculate your new gear set size. So what you're going to do is you're going to take your new tire size, multiply it by your factory gear set size, and then divide that number with your factory tire size. And that's going to give you a new desired gear set size. However, you might get to a point that you're looking, trying to find new gears for your Jeep online, and you're going to discover that your calculated gear set size is directly between two standard gear set sizes that you're looking at online. So this is where your style and type of driving is going to come in to play a major factor. So if you're sitting between two different gear set sizes, here's some things to consider. A numerically higher gear set size will need more rotations from the drive shaft to spin your tires one full rotation. And in turn, your engine will have to run at a higher RPM and also vice versa with a lower gear set size. So this means that a numerically higher gear set size will be causing your engine to run at a higher RPM out on the highway when you're trying to achieve that cruising speed of 70, 65, 70 miles an hour when you're out making a long road trip. Although there is a trade-off with a higher gear set size or gear ratio that you'll be running if you went with a numerically higher set, you'll feel more torque at the lower end speeds and it will be a bit easier on your drivetrain to spin those beefier tires that you're looking to put on your Jeep. And also vice versa. A numerically lower gear set size will cause your engine not to have to run at a higher RPM on the highway when you're at that cruising speed. But when you're driving at that higher speed, your Jeep might struggle with the amount of power that it has or when you're trying to pass someone or travel up a hill. So just remember to take into account the amount of driving that you do and 
also how much power you want to have readily available to you when you're out driving around town and stuff like that. Remember, higher gear set size will be a little bit easier on your drivetrain because your engine won't have to work as hard to spin those tires, but also a numerically lower gear set size will cause your engine not to have to run at a higher RPM. So you want to try to find a happy medium between the two. So this concludes today's Wrangler talk. And just remember, the simple equation to calculate your new gear set size is you're going to take your new desired tire size, multiply it by your factory gear set size, and divide that number by your factory tire size. And that's going to give you your new desired gear set size. And just remember, if you have any more questions, please contact us at thejeeptalkshow.com slash contact on our website, and we'll be happy to answer any more questions that you guys have. And please stay tuned into next week's Wrangler Talk. We're going to be talking about lockers and the different types of lockers out on the market. From around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Greetings and salutations, all you Jeep Talk Show listeners. we got another interview for you tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking with Brett Peterson. He's the vice president and co-owner of J-Bar, Inc. J-Bar, Inc. manufactures and sells the J-Bar. The J-Bar is a complete Jeep hardtop removal hoist and storage system. The system works uh, with both Wranglers and the new, get this, works with the new Gladiator and is manufactured in the USA. Uh, find out more to... Uh, to find out more, please visit www.j-bar.com. Uh, Brett, thanks a lot for being with us. And uh, we normally we get the CEO and president of the company. What happened here is uh, is this is the CEO your wife, and she's making you do it? No, no. Uh, yeah, first and foremost, yeah, thanks for having me on the show, guys. <laughs> uh, no, the, uh, the CEO couldn't make it. He's my father. Um, doesn't like to do these uh, public things, so I uh, I volunteered my time and happy to be here. Oh, you kids and your podcast. We don't, I don't have time for that. Yeah. I, I got J bars to make. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, that's great. I'm glad that you uh, you could be on and and what a really cool product that you have here. But first, we need to find out more about uh, about what kind of Jeep that you have. Yep. So we actually so we actually own a um, Jeep Wrangler or a, a uh, Chrysler dealership. Um, so we are fortunate in the capacity that we get to rotate Jeeps on a regular basis as they come in. So, uh, very, very fortunate on that end. So whenever you pick out a Jeep, what color Jeep do you always get? It's red, isn't it? No, it's gotta be, it's gotta be black or gray. Those muted colors me personally. Um, see, see, Tony. I'm sorry. That was the wrong no. answer. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Ignore him. He's wrong. <laughs> I think I'm being set up. Nobody likes black. It's just what this last one that's there that you have to buy, Brett. You guys know this. You got a dealership. <laughs> Probably uh, the most popular color, right? <laughs> oh yeah, especially uh, it really is. You know, black and those 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 neutral colors seem to uh, jump off the lot the fastest. That's interesting. There's, uh, you know, you, when I think of uh, off-road, especially when you're lifting and doing all that stuff, 
it's like you know look at me type stuff yellow uh bright red uh orange the bright green the neon green those are the the jeep colors i always associate with uh, uh doing all those modifications yeah i think uh i think there's a market for both it's you know that the brand has become so popular over the years and it's it's branched out to a lot of different people now it it's a lot of dif- different demographics um there are a lot of folks driving jeep wranglers i mean it ranges from you know younger people to older folks to you know people that um you know live in the city live in the country it's, it really depends i mean it's just a wide wide variety now where i think maybe years ago that it was much more um, narrow um, and there was much more of a um an off-road kind of aspect to it but it seems now that everybody likes them so it's it's good for us well, Jeep certainly has come out with some uh, non-Wrangler uh, Jeeps here recently, um, relatively recently. They came out with the new uh, uh, Cherokee uh, back in like 2013, I think. And, uh, of course, the Renegade. Um, how, how, and I, I'm sorry if, if I'm switching over to the, the dealership type questions, but uh, how are you guys, uh, as far as Wranglers and Renegades go, or even the uh the 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 new cherokee how how do you see sales on those things is do people come in for the wranglers and then switch over to the the mom and pop vehicle or how's that working i mean they're up just across the board um i would say of the segment um what we see obviously the grand cherokee is very popular um but the wrangler as a whole um if we're looking at you know new folks coming in um looking to purchase something new or along those lines that, you know, those, that's by far, that's what we really focus on. And that's um, obviously we have a, a niche too with the, the J bar. So that just kind of gives us, a, gives us a leg up in that aspect. Yeah. Did you want to mention the de- the dealership? I mean, uh, maybe there's some people in your area that want to come by and visit. Yeah, sure. So it is, uh, it's Peterson Motors. We're located in Gibson city, Illinois and Fairbury, Illinois. Um, our two dealerships that uh, our family owns. Oh, very cool. I, uh, had no idea, and uh, no, I, I'll just tell you up front, uh, we don't want a free Jeep, So, but but we appreciate it. Absolutely. Tammy says, talk for yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, sure, I'll take a Gladiator if you have one. <laughs> oh, I bet you don't have any Gladiators, do you? No, they, uh, I tell you, like, one, you get a limited you get a limited amount as they come in, um, but as soon as they're coming in, they're ordered and they're out. Uh-huh. So yep. we had to do, when we were doing our original promotional videos for you know, when we brought out this gladiator kit that we just created, um, we actually shot the videos that morning and that gladiator was sold that afternoon. So it was pretty interesting. Yeah, there's uh, they're, they're really big sellers. And I'm sure you guys love that, uh, having something new. And of course, Jeep hasn't done a truck since uh, the, uh, the the Comanche. And oh my God, so long ago. And, and even before that, it was uh, uh, the gladiator itself. Uh, the original gladiator was uh, so long ago. All right, so let's switch gears. We uh, we didn't get the, uh, yeah, I was the, say. the Jeep color that we wanted, Tammy. Uh, uh, you didn't. <laughs> so let's, well, let's, let's find out what T-Bar is all well, about. Well, we certainly, J-Bar, we certainly, know, we certainly know why you were able to test the J-Bar and make it work so well. And even on the Gladiator, you had all these uh, all these vehicles uh, sitting around uh, that you could uh, you could test on. Yeah, so really, originally the... The idea came up, so we've been around since 2014. Um, that's kind of when we first built the first prototype, um, pretty rough. Um, we actually had uh, some close family members that were had purchased uh, a Jeep from us. Um, you know, obviously, hard, or excuse me, a Wrangler hard top. Um, we're struggling in removing the, the top itself. And, uh, you know, over the course of about a year, this is kind of what we came up with. Now, again, this is 
the one that we have now is a much more refined version um, than our first one. Um, but overall, the concept has been very, very similar, you know, over the years. So, so during this process, um, did you, I mean, like, did you guys design like a makeshift one and then like adjust it as you went, or did you like, oh, let's build it this way, and then? Oh yeah, that's a you know great question. That's a so the first one we we the original components. So the it's it's made out of all aluminum, and then the first one we actually used. Uh, we didn't have the handles on the side. So as you see on our models now, we actually added the additional handles for to make it easier to maneuver and manipulate the hardtop. Um, we didn't have those. Um, and then we also used rubber-coated cables, um, which didn't last very long just because of, even though they were rubber-coated, uh, we moved to the poly-strapping poly very quickly um, along there. Um, but we're pretty good at fabricating and building. I mean, obviously, we had access to the shop um, and all the Jeeps we could you know, get our hands on. So we had a lot of... Um, had the ability to test um, pretty quickly and you know move through the process. How many um, hardtops did you destroy in the process? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So we we actually at, to this to this day, you know, knock on wood, we have not destroyed any or had any issues with any of those. Um, oh wow! You know, our, yeah, we really haven't. So our motto is to. I mean, one, we've overbuilt the unit, right? Because it's the tops themselves. You know, at most weigh around between 180 and 200 pounds. The two doors are a little bit heavier because there's more plastic and more material. Um, but I mean, we've, we've stress tested the, the bars and we've been able to break them around, you know, 1500 pounds. Um, but again, we just really engineered them to be overbuilt and, uh, you know, really be, you know, if somebody purchases a, purchases a Wrangler, we want to make sure that that J bar will last as long as they own that, you know, that so Wrangler and then some. So this is something that where, like, one person can get their hardtop off their Jeep, no problems. Yeah, 100%. Yep. So we, that was the whole intent. The goal was, you know, to have the ability for one person um, to be able to take it off. Um, that's why we designed it the way we did. Um, you know, you have the single swivel point, so meaning that you have the the hook or the where the winch hooks into um, the J-bar itself. And then when it's under tension, you can actually kind of manipulate and it's a lot easier to maneuver. So you don't have to be exact when you back up your Wrangler or you pull your Wrangler forward. Um, it just gives you a lot more flexibility um, once you get everything attached and you can pop it off. So like, let's say I bought this, um, the J-Bar kit or set, the removal kit, me installing it, could I install it in my garage by myself as well? Yeah, so there's Is it a something that's easy to do? Yeah, I think, you know, if you're somewhat handy, it's it really shouldn't take you very long. There's actually a video on our website of a complete install. I'm putting, I actually install one. You can watch me do it. Um, any handyman, um, a local handyman could do it probably in an hour um, if you're not very handy. And then once you get it installed, then it's just, you know, basic operation. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel pretty confident, you know, we haven't had really any issues over the years where, you know, if somebody couldn't do it, they, they knew somebody that could help them. Um, so there's really not much to it. There's really, it's, it's basically just getting everything organized, um, putting in your winch, your corner pulley, and then your ceiling mount, your ceiling mount, and then get everything lined up and just attached. And that's the main, those are the main pieces that all you, all you have to do. So basically it's like this bar that holds the straps, which pulls up the hard top and the winch system has, I would guess a, like a remote control to pull it up. 
No, actually, so we, for a couple of different reasons, we actually use at this point a manual winch. Uh-huh. Um, and so what that does, so we did that for a couple of different reasons. The first one being is that we wanted the kit to be really versatile in the sense that you didn't need power. So you could run this in a shed, in a barn. Um, oh, okay. So somewhere where you actually don't need to have any electricity. Um, and then what we do is we double nut it coming from us from the factory. And that way you can run the winch with a 20 volt um, drill. Um, so that way you're not using the hand crank. Um, so most folks, most homeowners we find obviously have some kind of electric drill gun and with a three quarter inch socket, you can run this up and down. It also allows this. One of the issues with the electric winches is they have so much torque and they move so quickly. The manual winch or the you know electric gun using the electric gun allows you to make these micro adjustments. So when you're placing the hard top down or removing it, it moves very slowly and very deliberately. And so it's a lot more, it's a lot easier to control that way. That's a great idea. I never even thought yeah, about that. Yeah, that's really cool. Because like what happens with those electric winches, they're, they're great. And you can, we actually, and it's fine to do that by, by all means. We have a lot of, we actually sell separate kits. So we sell the full kit with all the mounting hardware, the winch and the J-bar itself. But we also just sell the J-bar because we have a lot of folks that um, have already installed some kind of, you know, DIY system or a pulley system, um, or they might have a, access to an electric winch, but they want a better way to actually connect to the hardtop that feels a little bit more secure and is a little bit easier to do. And so that's why we sell our different components and our different pieces separately. Oh, yeah. I was just looking at that. I'm like, what is all that? It makes sense now. So the bar itself, uh, obviously, uh, it uh, you have the straps that go across that uh, hook to that metal piece, and then is kind of handles the majority of the load, if not the yeah. entire load. But you you could also adjust things with that handle too, right? Right, exactly. So um, we so from the factory in the straps itself, um, we actually sew in an orange line to kind of give you an idea of where the balance point is but it gives you the flexibility to kind of adjust as you go. And I always say it's like any tool, you use it a couple of times and you get pretty darn good at it and it goes very quickly. Um, and every time you use it, it gets a little bit easier. Um, but to make it as easy as possible, we, we sew in those lines coming from us. Um, so that's specifically for the Wrangler. Um, the Gladiator is actually a little bit different and it's hard to describe in words and I apologize to the listeners but our videos on our website can really describe and show how it works. But how it connects to the top is just a little bit different. So it uses the existing bolts and we basically ship out some wing nuts and you can attach those um, with the existing straps that are already on the system. So again, like if anybody is really curious or interested in that, obviously look at our website, look at the videos because um, it's hard for me to describe, but I, I do apologize. No, 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 that's fine. And, and we'll probably have uh, we'll have that video up on our, our site as well. So when we were looking at, okay, how do we know how, if I was going to, if I was going to attach my hard top to the J, to the bar, right? How do I know that it's connected and secured? And, you know, you'll see that we use pins. Um, we triple stitch all, we do um, double box stitching and all the poly strapping. Mm-hmm. Um, also too, what you'll see is that one of the other reasons we use this winch, I didn't mention before, it's a worm gear winch, meaning that it has like a self-stopping, like it, ah, it, it automatically catches itself, yeah. right? So it's not like it's ever going to loose. It just, it's, it has constant pressure and constant, um, tension on it. So you're never going to be able, you're not going to see this thing 
slipping or falling um, off that worm gear winch. And that's the other thing with the manual winch. It's just, it's just a lot, we felt a lot more secure when we were kind of building this kit out. Right. So, so what you, what you guys should take away from this is, is that even if you're not mechanically inclined, you can certainly put a strap around something and you can certainly work a manual winch. And you, you just heard that it's not going to fall once it's up in the air uh, because of the way the winch is designed. So this really sounds like it's bulletproof for most any user is, is really where I was going with this. Yeah. And I'll tell everybody this too, is that, you know, we, it's good for long-term storage too. I mean, we have customers and clients that, you know, will purchase one and in the summer months, they'll leave it up for, you know, six months out of the year, um, you know, where they'll transition and they'll put a soft top on and they'll throw that hard top. And the nice thing is it's up and out of the way. Um, and you can just leave it up there, hang it up there, and it'll be good for as long as you need it to be. So it's not just a one-time, remove it, put it somewhere. It's take it off, leave it, store it up on your ceiling, basically. So I know the cable, uh, depending on the uh, where it's set, you can it can spin. It can cause a spin of anything that's hanging from it. How do you guys keep the, uh, eventually it would stop, but <laughs> how do you keep the uh, the top from spinning around? Especially if you know you're you're backing your Jeep into the garage and uh, maybe you bump it or uh, somebody hits it and it, now it's a, a skew. Uh, do, do you just suck it up and get it high enough where the, the Jeep won't contact it? Or is there a way of keeping it pointed in the same direction all the time? Usually, typically, we don't have much of a spin issue. Sometimes we will. Um, it's very minimal at the, at the most. Okay. The other thing that I would say is that the a simple bungee cord fixes the issue. Um, if if a, if you do have some kind of spin or some kind of movement on your hard top when it's up, uh, you know a dollar a one dollar bungee cord just attached to the side of like around the lip or the window uh-huh. um, attached to the top will will fix that issue for you. Perfect. That makes it really simple. So the, the whole thing sounds very simple and safe, and I especially like the long long term storage because you know some people uh, I'm not one of them uh, unfortunately, but uh, uh, they take the top off for the summer and it stays there. Well, it doesn't matter if it's raining or hurricane out. It stays in, in the garage or, or on the rack or something. So, And that's pretty cool, too. And you'd be saving money. Uh, like I know Best Top and uh, I know Best Top has a, a wheeled rack that you can put your top on. But you wouldn't need that with this thing because you can just leave it up out of the way and you don't have to move it out of the way to get to your uh, bench or anything else to work. So it's a really neat deal. Now, you have several kits. I mean, you, you, you kind of went over this earlier but you have uh, like several different levels. You've got the the main kit, which is the the bar and the straps. Uh, tell us about that, and 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 what kind of prices are we looking at? Sure. So in order to, we originally came out with a full kit. So that includes the winch, all the mounting hardware, and then the J bar and the straps themselves. Um, that kit starts. Um, it's four hundred dollars, so it's three ninety nine ninety five. Um, after that, what we ended up doing is we had a couple folks that. Had every they had an electric winch, um, so what we did is we built out a kit. Every we include we include everything except the manual winch itself. So we actually include all the mounting hardware and then the bar, the straps, and we just exclude the manual winch. So if you wanted to buy an electric winch from a third party, you could do that because they're they're pretty inexpensive. I mean, you could buy a decent electric winch for a hundred dollars now mm-hmm. um, at any major retailer. So we wanted to give that option to folks as well. Um, that starts at three fifty. Um, so three forty nine ninety five. Um, we sell the bar and the straps by themselves. So again, if you wanted to do it all on your own, um, that's two ninety nine ninety five. 
And then we obviously have our gladiator kits, which are very similar. Um, we sell the bar, the straps, the, all the mounting hardware, the, the winch. Um, that's a little bit. We have a little more cost in that. So we charge 425 for that starting off. Okay. So basically what you're, what you're selling here is some freedom. You don't have to ask your kids. You don't have to uh, ask your, your wife or your husband and go through all that eye rolling to help you with the top off. You can, once you get this thing set up, it's, you take the top off any damn time you want to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that was the, honestly, Tony, that was the whole, that was the whole intent, right? Is be, is to make it easy and allow one person to be able to do it. You know, my wife is uh, probably five foot two, um, weighs a hundred pounds and has no issue at this point in time taking it off. Um, so, and that's, that was the whole goal. That was the whole goal. Well, there's a lot of women out there that, uh, enjoy going topless and, uh, they would, <laughs> they would love to be able to do this all on their own, I'm sure. And I bet you they've already figured out a way, but, uh, this would be a, a lot simpler. And, uh, the, the storage aspect of it is, is, is so important to me. We, uh, we took the, t uh, our TJ top off, uh, seven years ago and hasn't been back on. Uh, if I had known that, I wouldn't have gotten a, a hard top. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Those TJs are big. Those TJ tops are, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and I have, to wheel yeah, that's, it, I have to wheel it out of the way every time I have to go, go work in the garage. That's the main reason um, I stuck with this off top is like, where are you going to put it? What are you going to do with it? How are you going to get it off? Well, this would have been great for you because you live right. in, the, in snow country. So, right. uh, and, and the soft tops are a little rough. Uh, having uh, with the the weight of the snow, so uh, this could actually make a purchase uh, a lot easier. Do you guys sell these things at the dealership? We do, yeah, we do. Um, our main our main traffic though comes from our website. We do a lot of uh, business. I be uh, business to consumers, mm -hmm. um, so direct to consumers. There, um, we do a lot of uh, dealer orders as well. So we work with other dealerships and. And we do a lot of orders that way as well. Well, I was very impressed. Uh, after I got uh, an email uh, back from you and we were, uh, I got the, uh, the website information, I went over and had a look. And I was really impressed at how uh, simple this was. And it was just, that is generally the earmark of a, a good product because it's, it's not over-engineered. It's nothing to construct. It's nothing, you know, get, do this and blah, blah, blah. It's just some straps, an ice bar, and you can adjust the straps by the, using the bar back and forth to balance the, uh, the top. It, it just made sense. And I really loved the manual winch because it, it, you don't have to use the crank. You can just use the drill that probably everybody has. So it was really a good mix of, uh, of uh, simple, great ideas, I felt. No, thank you. That means a lot to us. You know, that again, um, it's hard. It's hard to kind of work your way through that. It's, it took a little bit to get there, but you know, now I feel, we feel really confident and we're really proud of the product. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know how the kids love the social media, uh, where can, uh, where can somebody go? Uh, you know, we already said the website, uh, J dash or the minus sign bar.com. That's bar with two R's. Uh, just go over to jbar.com and uh, check out the products. But uh, you got anything on social media? Maybe the Instagram, maybe the Facebook? Yeah, Facebook, we're easy to find if you just type in uh, jbar inc. Um, really easy to find us on there. Um, best place to look at us, though, where all our information's at, just like you said, our website, www-barr.com. Yep, and we'll have that on the website for this episode, guys. Oh, and I f almost forgot, you have a little something for our uh, listeners, don't you? Yeah, so. You know, as a thank you for being on the show and, um, you know, really enjoy what you guys do. Uh, we have a special coupon code, um, just JTS, 
Um, you can use that on our website, and that'll get you a $25 discount on any kit, non-kit, bar and straps, uh, basically any anything that we sell, save you $25. Sweet deal. So Very it's JTS. Cool, yeah. It's like Jeep Talk Show, guys. So just go over to uh, j-bar.com, bar with two R's, and uh, go over there and buy something and uh, check out with uh, JTS. Brett, we want to really want to thank you tonight, and Tammy, I really want to thank you for getting in uh, a couple of questions in there tonight. You you worked your way in. <laughs> I did. I I snuck. I found a little a little hole and snuck in. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Brett. And uh, you know, anything comes up, uh, you get a new product, or maybe you uh, you come up with something where you can use a sawzall and cut the top off of a uh, <laughs> a renegade and lift it up. Let's you know get back with us. We'll have you back on the show. Hey, very good, guys. Hey, really appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you soon. All right, thank you. Big thanks again. She goes out to Brett Peterson with jbar.com for taking the time to talk about their Jeep hardtop removal and storage system. Really cool stuff. Hey, don't forget about that discount code to get 25 bucks off your order. Hey, do you have an idea for a guest? Do you work in the off-road industry? Maybe you know somebody who does. Maybe you would like to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show to tell your own Jeep story. Everybody's got one. We want to hear yours. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and share your idea for our next great guest. Hey, coming up next week, we're going to have Matt Felderman from AEV Conversions. This is a big one, guys. You guys remember the Brute, you know, the TJ modification uh, that you could get and have it like your own little Jeep truck, you know, well before the I was going to ask if, if this is the same yes. American Expedition vehicle yes, company that is. made that Brute kit. I mean, <laughs> this is going to be huge. Yep, yep. So we're going to find out what they're up to. You know, you can't buy that kit anymore. I, I know. Although, Maybe we could talk them out of one. Although I heard that uh, if you have a lot of money and you want to drop your TJ off, they can uh, still ba- make it into a brute. But don't quote me. <laughs> we'll find out more next week with Matt. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, last week, Tammy, you mentioned that... Uh, I should get an opening act, and it's got me thinking. That sounds like a good idea. I wonder who I can get to do that and how it would work. I imagine it would go something like this. Hey, Nikki G, what did the welder say to the plasma cutter? Come on, you get it? You get it? All right, all right. All my gas are gone. Get it? Are gone because it's gas and it's a weld. <laughs> All right, off to you. All right, thank you, <laughs> Nate. Let's hear it from Nate from uh, SWB Crawler. <laughs> All right, boys and girls. Uh, what did the plasma cutter say? Hey, wait a minute. I don't think this is going to work out. <laughs> They're sharing a joke. <laughs> <laughs> That I love that. It's, There's a dynamic duo if I've ever heard one. Yes, <laughs> we were we were Definitely. so poor comedians. We were so poor we had to share our jokes. <laughs> oh, good times, guys. Good times. I can't wait for round two. What will they come with next week? Uh, you're putting a lot of pressure on them, Tammy. I know. I know. <laughs> you must have needed this every day. It's the Jeep Talk Show's must-have stuff. Pick of the week for your Jeep. Okay, look, I know it's October. I know that we're basically into fall, but I had to get one more little summer-type item in here before we just, like, officially kick things over into turning leaves and oranges and pumpkin spice and all that crap. This is uh, the must-have stuff pick of the week for your Jeep. And what I have picked for this week is the original 
the ARC Off-Road Window Channel Jeep Door Hanger Bracket. And this one I've picked for the four-door Jeeps out there. There seems to be a little bit more of the JKUs out there than the JKs, but this will work for CJs, YJs, TJs, the JKs, the JKUs, the JLs, and even the JT. And yes, it'll work for the Gladiator too. For just 70 bucks and free shipping over at Amazon.com, you can get the ARC Off-Road patent-pending Jeep door hanging, hanging system. This will allow you to safely store your Jeep doors when they're off because uh, the standard utility hooks, those will damage window seals. I don't care if they're foam-covered or not. Those things that you hang your bicycles on, do not hang your doors on those things. Right. Over time, they will damage your door seals, and they only hold up to 50 pounds. So the ARC Off-Road Jeep Door Hangers, however, support your Jeep doors within the window channel, preserving your window seals unlike anything else out there. And uh, they work for all models, like I said, CJs and Wranglers, including the JL and, yes, the Gladiator as well. Made from 8-inch solid American steel, compact design, high-quality powder coating, and like I said, made all here right in the USA. You want to get some? Well, we're going to go ahead and hook you up. Uh, we got the uh, link in the show notes for this episode. And all you got to do is click on that and uh, get yourself some for your very own. What a great you know, thing to match up with the, the J-Bar system, Josh. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, it, it very, uh, very, uh, I guess, you know, like cookies and milk or peanut butter and jelly, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, these would definitely go Josh. hand in hand. <laughs> there you go. So I was just going to say it's it's not really fall here. We call it July 71st here in Maryland. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, so it's still good. Take your door off weather. Yeah, and no, we're, it's, as we're going to hear in Jeep weather, it's uh, still nice and warm and uh, not uh, nasty in lots of parts of the country. Now that you must have a set of ARC Jeep door hangers for your very own or for your garage or carport, we're going to make it easy for you. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the link in the show notes for episode 405. You know, just for a brief second, when you say we're going to make it easy for you, people are thinking we're getting ready to give a set away. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Tammy's going, I'm quitting. No, I can't quit. (laughs) Coming up in a few minutes, we're going to hear a little bit about some events that are happening in your hometown and around the nation in Wheeling Ware. Heidi ho Boy, you know, Tammy's, you can see her just already walking for the Jeep. She's ready to get out of here and go on the trail. She's in shorts and a tank top. I'm over here all bundled up. I got a scarf on it. (laughs) (laughs) Your, your knit hat. So last week uh, I was out. Uh, Thursday I, I woke up with a hell of a cold. Um, it, it set in pretty good on me. Friday I thought that I was starting to get better. Saturday I actually felt pretty good. Um, so uh, I had a buddy come over. Um, I was going to do some work on his Jeep for him. Um, we, we did all kinds of stuff. I cleaned up some stuff, adjusted some stuff. Um, and uh, noticed that, uh, well, he, he noticed that he was having some clanking issues when he was from a stop taking off, there was this dunk, 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 as, as he would take off and, uh, he couldn't figure out what it was. Um, so finally it was, you know, all right, you know, let's drive it up and down the street. I'll sit here and, and kind of watch and, and hear things. And, um, sure enough, there was this thunking sound coming from the middle of the Jeep and I uh, couldn't really figure out what it was until we got it back in and started really doing some close examination on things, kind of reefing and pushing on stuff and whatnot. Come to find out his transmission mount had completely failed on him. It was not even connected. The four bolts on the on the cross member um, there were still there. Um, the rubber was still there. All the metal was still there. The two bolts that go into the transmission were all still there. Everything was all still there. Just nothing was connected to itself. <laughs> so the, oh, the, the, the 
Yeah, the, the metal that is formed and then bonded with the rubber that creates the actual transmission mount had completely separated from one another. And so every time that he took off from a dead start, his entire drivetrain was bouncing up and down and <laughs> rotating on his, on his motor mounts. And so you could see his driveline move up and down like three or four inches. And the back end was jumping around. I mean, it was, it was bad news. So um, thankfully, I had a stock uh, uh, transmission mount sitting on my workbench from God knows how long ago, um, but it had a lot more life left in it than his. He was actually leaving for like a 500-mile trip th that following weekend, and I was like, dude, I can't have you towing a trailer 500 miles across <laughs> the state with a transmission mount like this. Let me hook you up. Let's get you taken care of. Let's get this all in and adjusted and everything else. But of course, we were trying to do it the hard way. He's got a, a rough country long arm uh, kit system on it on his uh, Cherokee that we were working on, and uh, uh, we were trying to do it without removing the cross member. <laughs> yeah, that was an extra hour and a half worth of work that we didn't need to do uh, because we we're trying we were being lazy and stupid, um, and I was obviously half sick. So um, yeah, all that work thinking. ended up. No, I really wasn't. Uh, but we got them all taken care of, got them out, and got them on the road and whatnot. And then of course I woke up Sunday and I was sicker than ever. So I got this this <laughs> this visual image of just like the the bad guy in Cape Fear tied himself off to the undercarriage of, oh, yeah. of the vehicle so he could follow the family to their 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 uh, place on the Cape. I can see Josh underneath the Jeep going, "Yeah, I think I see it." <laughs> <laughs> Hanging there, I got ratchet straps what? and cords. Why did and I tie off to the drive shaft? <laughs> Oh man, that's uh, well. That's a that's a hell of a friend. You do a lot of uh, a lot of stuff for a yeah, lot of people over yeah. there. Yeah, I, uh, Dude, I build jeeps. I work on jeeps. I always tuning jeeper. and yep, I'm a jeeper. I was just going to say good, you're a uh, guy. Uh, what a smuck. <laughs> no, because yeah, I am doing it all for free. Well, <laughs> no, I'm thinking. Parts. I'm but thinking about the time. And, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I'm thinking about the time that whenever you're working on your stuff, you're doing it alone uh percent of the time yeah right? all the friends and stuff are long gone after their stuff is uh, oh i've been got repaired. plenty of favors to call in i i'm just not that guy and yeah. you know what josh karma will come back and pay you back you will well, no it did it <laughs> you did. know he's uh, been like, sick like, for like, a week no <laughs> in a good way a couple years ago <laughs> really? a few years, years ago when i was doing my uh my throttle body project we had a listener dean murray who reached out to me and says hey oh, i have an right. extra throttle body he lived across the United States. I mean, I was nowhere near to this guy, and he drop shipped an extra throttle body to me for free just because I was talking about this project that I was doing and, and all the other stuff. So there's guys out there like us who do this sort of weird stuff, a lot of work for free, giving away parts, all that stuff, horrible business model. But, you know, we're, we're Jeepers, and we like taking care of our brethren. You know, that reminds me. I was just thinking about this the other day, and I, I keep forgetting about, uh, about it to bring up on the show. Uh, you actually were in a situation where your XJ was down, and you just didn't have the funds. And we did a uh, we promoted a GoFundMe. Uh, I actually had to, to badger you into doing it, and yeah, uh, people st and people stepped up, and you were able to get your your Jeep on the road. And then uh, you know the Honda uh, issue happened, and you actually had the oh. Jeep. So it's been a, a real big thing because people were there to help you out. So karma does come around. That's absolutely right, and I can't thank you guys enough. We love you, Josh. Oh, hey, he's all right. Um, so I was uh, first time officially a trail guide at Women's Wheel and Day this past weekend. It's a very um, stressful position to be in uh, because, you know, you're guiding, you know, people you've never wheeled with before. And, you know, you just 
you want to make sure you're not going to damage your Jeep or their Jeep. You want to make sure you're going on hard enough trails that they want to go on, but, you know, not too hard where they're going to break and, you know, you got to, but uh, we did great. Everyone loved it. I, we did about 10 blue trails, which um, I'm a very efficient person when it comes to um, getting to certain points. You know, I'm not going to go down the street and then go back up the street just to go back down the street. You know, I'm going to, you know, pick a, a good route, which I did. So and, the blue trails um, are paved is what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. Well, she said street. So I was like, I don't, well, I don't no, know the I, color system and maybe the, no. it's just the parking lot. No, I, I, was, I was talking about when I go run errands, you know, I'm not going to oh, go all the way okay. west of town to go pick She's up going to the blue, at Home the Depot. Blue mall, the, the blue parking lot. <laughs> <Right. of> mall. <laughs> no, but, uh, but I'm efficient when I do my errands and I was, you know, to get to all the places, you know, and not backtrack is what I guess I'm saying. I didn't explain. Sammy, how was the turnout this year? Um, <laughs> anyway. This was the most we've ever had. There was over 240 women Whoa. and all their their peeps who, who wheel with them. So why do you think getting, that the, such a big turnout this year? Well, because she um, was I doing think, it. Yeah, I heard I, was, <laughs> I heard I was guiding. No, I just think it's the word of mouth is spreading um, in the Jeep community. And um, it's, you know, a lot of it, you know, women are wheeling their husband's Jeeps. Um, well, this is your third husband. or fourth year doing this? Sixth, I believe. Sixth. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> you need yeah. to pay attention, Josh. <laughs> I know. Yes. I don't know. Who's counting? 14, 15, Amy 16, is. 17, 18, 19. Yeah, my sixth year. They've awesome. done it for seven. I missed the first one. It's a really big deal that women get out there and are leaders because, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's women that don't give a rat's ass what a man thinks or what a man can do. They're just going to do it. But there's uh, some women that aren't like that, and they need that extra uh, a little confidence. bit of uh, confidence, yep. a little bit of umph. Like, well, you know, it, Tammy, she's a, a Jeep mom. She's done all this stuff. Uh, she's got way too much purple on that Jeep, but it's still okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to follow her, you know, and uh, learn from it. And, and that's wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Kudos to you, Tammy, for doing that. Thank you. Um, it was it was really fun. I had a good time, and now I'm ready for my next uh, guiding. But I, I think I'll let Neil guide, or maybe I won't. I don't wuss I don't out know. now. Yeah, you're gonna be no, you're gonna it, be the one driving anyway. <laughs> hey Tammy, yeah, I know. Uh, we are kind of running out of time. But do you have any uh, any uh, any quick carnage stories from this last Women's Wheeling Day? Um, actually someone lost their drive shaft. So I, I said, oh. you know what? You should go over to Tom Woods. I was going to um, say that wasn't a Tom Woods yes. drive shaft, was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Um, no, that was, that was, that was all that I heard about. So good. I like did pretty that. good. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a good time. Well, would you like to join the campfire side chat? We'd love to have you pull up a chair, crack a beverage and join in all the fun. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out all the ways you can reach out to us and join in. Mitch here for your weekly weather report. It's time to note where you can go topless this weekend. Just try not to flash any law enforcement, unless they're having a bad day. For the rest of us, let's take our tops off of our Jeeps. The question is where? Well, I got a few places for you to look into. Big Bear, California. Near quite a few awesome trails. There it will be beautiful and sunny. 67 Friday, 68 on Saturday, and 69 on Sunday. North in Toronto, Canada, it will be partly cloudy all weekend. Great for making pictures for Instagram, or it didn't happen. 55 on Friday and Saturday, 65 on Sunday. Just bring a rain jacket on Sunday, because you might get wet. Daytona Beach, Florida is almost all sunshine and bikini-topped Jeeps, that is. 
there it'll be 88 on Friday, 86 on Saturday, and 85 on Sunday. Safety advice though, make sure to check your seat belts for proper operation in case of thunder on Sunday. Out near the Rio Blanco Trail system is Meeker, Colorado. It'll be partly cloudy with 71 on Friday. It'll get nipply on Saturday and Sunday with 60 and 61. Even on partly cloudy days, you can still get burned, so ensure to bring your sunscreen while topless. If you have any suggestions to go on topless or need weather report, reach out to me at jeeptalkshow.com. Go to that contact page and you'll find out how to contact us there. As always, it's a great weekend to go topless. Just go topless responsibly. Now let's get to some events from around the world and maybe even in your neck of the woods. Don't forget to let us know about an event that you are planning or involved in. And hey, we are uh, very quickly approaching the holiday season. So if you are involved with a charity or have a charity event coming up this holiday season and would like to get the word out, now is the time to reach out to us and uh, so we can get uh, get the word out to the masses. Uh, we Coming up in November 2nd, uh, we have uh, the Badlands Off-Road Park in Attica, Indiana, presenting their annual Sasquatch Hunt. This is a pretty cool one. The Sasquatch Hunt has become a favorite day to ride at the Badlands. You guys don't want to miss out on this one. Uh, happening October 31st through November 2nd is the uh, Vegas Valley Four-Wheelers 10th Annual Hump and Bump. This is happening at the Clark County Fairgrounds in Lo- uh, Logandale, ne- Nevada. Uh, the Hump and Bump it is an internationally recognized low-speed two-day event. So this is a big one, guys. This has been going on for, well, 10 years now. And uh, from uh, what I can tell from the pictures and the videos, this is an awesome event. So if you're anywhere in the Nevada area or uh, within driving distance to Logandale, by all means, get in on this event. And with their 10-year anniversary, should be a good one. For more information, for more events and links, visit the JeepTalkShow.com website for this episode. That's it for the show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. And unless you hate puppies and want Jeeps to die, you should be liking and sharing our posts on Facebook. Come on, everybody else is doing it. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Did you know, overdosing yourself on zinc and vitamin C is a great way to beat a cold into submission. Just be sure you have plenty of soft TP around for what happens next. It's good for your hydraulic lifters, too. Casting since 2010.